Students at Florida College start their morning with chapel every weekday. Join us now for Daily Chapel from Florida College. last couple days, we've considered that we live in a physical world, but we interact with an invisible creation. We are part of that, a spiritual realm. And then my choices are part of the interaction of that visible and invisible realm, and Satan influences my choices. And when he does, I sin, but God resolves that, and he did that when he brought justice through Christ to the world. It is clear that the call of God that Paul speaks of in Philippians chapter 3 is not just a matter for the unseen, that we're going to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is, Paul is not teaching that pressing toward that physical prize makes spiritual matters relevant and physical matters irrelevant. It's in fact just the opposite. Today, I'd like us to consider the dual nature of being a human being. We see this in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are created in the image of God. That is our spiritual nature. Paul speaks of this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, he's talking about the physical body, is this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Paul speaks that there's a spiritual side to us, and there's a body that is, he describes in that passage as a tent that will be put away, that will be destroyed. And then there's a physical side to us. We see this in Genesis chapter 1. He made them male and female. There are two genders. 
That should not be a statement that is somehow sensitive or causes a room to perk up, but it does in some ways, I think. Gender is binary, and it is stable. That's what the Bible teaches, and frankly, it's what biology reveals and teaches. Our current cultural talk over transgenderism and homosexuality relate directly to this biblical teaching. God made them male and female. As we have seen this week, our spiritual and physical natures are inseparable, and they should be congruent. That is, they should be in agreement with each other. We see this in the, the, uh, uh, the epistle of 1 John. If you took philosophy uh, recently, your textbook likely mentioned an idea known as Gnosticism. It was popular in the late first century, the time John was writing this little letter. And Gnostics acknowledged the duality of being human, but they emphasized my personal spiritual knowledge as supreme. There is a physical world, including my body, that is disconnected from whom I really am, my spiritual nature. And when I mature to the right kind of knowledge, an advanced knowledge spiritually, then physical things become less relevant. And there's all kinds of implications to, to that doctrine. One of those is that philosophy. One of those is what I do with my body doesn't really matter. And you see John address this in this letter. Look at, listen to this in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, that's spiritual, my fellowship with, the, with uh, Jesus, and walk in darkness, what I do with my body, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, there's my physical behavior again, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's my spiritual relationship. What John tells him at the very beginning of this book is, look, you have a spiritual and a physical nature, and they need to be in agreement. They ought to be congruent. If they're not, something's wrong. Because that's not how God designed it. He continues in chapter 2 and verse 3. You'll hear this same, this same contrast. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Chapter 2 and verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. And Paul writes something similar in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. How are you completely sanctified? And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What the Bible teaches is that my physical and spiritual natures are to agree with each other. And when there's discord between them, something is amiss. That's not how God created it. And transgenderism and homosexuality relate directly to this truth as well. My body is made... The way God intended it to be made. Gnostics would say, well, my body is male, but my real self may be something else. That's a very Gnostic idea. That's a very 21st century idea. But it's an old idea that who I really am can be disconnected from what I am physically. Or the idea, my body may be female, but my heart or my mind says I'm fluid. Well, those kind of discords between what I think and what I feel and biologically what I clearly am are not biblical. 
That's not how God made his creation to be. Another point one to consider that relates to this is God's view of all of this, God's view of the body. God honors who he made you to be. He honors that physically, and he honors it spiritually. And he calls on you and me to honor who he made us to be. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 24, this is how God describes the slide immorality towards homosexuality. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We mentioned yesterday there's this great dragon, this great deceiver, the father of lie, is how Jesus described him in the book, in the Gospel of John. And one of the deceptions that he brings to the world, has always brought to the world, relates to human sexuality. And what Paul says is, when you slide towards homosexuality, you dishonor the body God gave to you. Because that's not what males were intended to do sexually, is to be attracted to males, or to act that out to males, or females to females. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul addresses this again more extensively. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? It's not about your physical body. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He's comparing physical and spiritual and saying they must be in agreement with each other. And then he admonishes, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Heterosexual sin, homosexual sin, sexual sin is a sin against the body because it's not what God created heterosexual sex to be or sex to be at all. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. There was no more holy thing on planet earth than the temple. And God says, God says that is your, your body is that. This whole idea of the body is irrelevant, and we can do with it what we choose to do to be who I really think I ought to be, is unbiblical. It is untrue. It is a devastating lie of our enemy. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God honors your body as he honors your spirit. And he calls on you and me to honor my, our bodies as well, as he created us to be. As you engage in this cultural discourse, consider this. You have a dual nature. Your physical and spiritual nature are inseparable, and they ought to agree. Gender dysphoria is the internal sense or feeling that I really ought to be a gender different than my biological sex, that my mind and the reality of my body are incongruent. They're in discord with each other. Gender dysphoria is real. It is not made up. For various reasons, some people feel that kind of incongruity. It's not a choice they make. Something has led to that. It is a disservice to belittle it, to shame those people, to dismiss it. P. 
people who are struggling with gender dysphoria, you can imagine, are struggling with intense challenges. People need support to deal with that and to look for a resolution to it. It is also a disservice, however, to simply accept it and yield to it. We need to identify the message. The real you is what you create in your own mind, and nobody can tell you otherwise. That is a lie, and we need to call it the lie that it is. It is not the revelation of God. It is a deception of our great enemy. Professionals will tell you that lie. And they'll tell you that male and female are purely random. Doctors, the language they use, assign them at birth as though gender has no biological reality to it at all, which just has no philosophical foundation at all behind it. The fact is, a mastectomy will not get a woman any closer to being a man. Cutting off genitals will not make a male any closer to being a female. That's not how sex works. It's not how gender works. Damaging the body does not resolve the incongruence. It's much deeper than that. Healing the mind is where we go. Healing the mind resolves it. Gender is created, not constructed. It's part of God's ordered, perfect, very good creation to which we ought to give respect. Some in this audience are hearing this may experience homosexual attraction or gender dysphoria. In fact, I'm confident that's so. There's just too many people listening for it not to be so. And everyone will interact with those who do. And if it's not homosexual attraction or gender dysphoria, then it is some sort of disordered, out-of-place heterosexual attraction that we don't have a right to act upon or to pursue. In some way, the deceiver, the father of lies, plants those kinds of thoughts in our minds. It's what 2 Corinthians 10 terms arguments and thoughts that build up strongholds. And Paul said the answer to that, and that's where the real battle lies, is the knowledge of God that's able to pull down those strongholds that build up. And all of us have strongholds of some sort, one sort or another in our mind. The Bible speaks directly to transgenderism, and it speaks directly to homosexuality. Both, both are based not on a progressive, new, enlightened, or advanced idea. It is an ancient idea. It's Gnosticism in a new form, but it's the same thing. So I urge you today, listen to truth. That's where Paul pushes us in Philippians 3. Listen to truth. Remember, there is one thing that we press toward, one thing to which God calls you and he calls me, and that is Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus who created you as you are in the body you have. And he wants your body and your spirit to be in agreement with each other. Listen and trust him. He made you. He knows you. And trust him. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are grateful that you hear us in this prayer, as you do each day. For that great promise and confidence, we praise you and we thank you. We acknowledge you as our creator, Jesus as our savior. And we speak to you today, our commitment to more fully 
give honor to the body you've given to us in every way, that we will reflect the glory that you intend us to show, that we can wear the name of Christ in how we act so that our relationship to him shows in how we behave in every way, in speech, in sexuality, in our words, in our attitudes, in our homes. And for those of us, all of us, who are considering the cultural debate we're having about transgenderism and human sexuality and how that plays into your truth and philosophy, and we pray for wisdom. We pray for love for each other, love for those who struggle with sins that perhaps we do not, temptations that we do not, love enough to not add shame to what a burden they already carry, and yet to not accept sin where it should not be. In Jesus' name, amen. Shield About Me. This is the deceptively simple song, only one verse and uh, some repeat chords over and over again, but the the joy in this song is in the dynamics, and so I'd ask everybody to sit up straight and take a deep breath. No, really, sit up straight. I can see you. And get ready for the crescendos. There's not much time to breathe in this song, so follow along with me, and we'll sing this song the way it ought to be sung. Do mi
Thank you for joining us for Daily Chapel from Florida College. Have a blessed day.